This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. As we return to somewhat sports normalcy. But I have a question because we're getting feedback from Sean and RJ, which I appreciate very much. But I do really want to know from the people because we got tons of Cowboys on the agenda today. We got Stephen Jones coming up at noon. Are you still riding high on the Rangers or are the Cowboys dominating all of your sports brain right now? And the only reason I ask that is because that seemed to be so many people's posts in response to the Cowboys losing, obviously, a very difficult game to lose because it seemed like they were about to grab that victory a couple of different times. I saw multiple people posting up. They're like, hey. But the Rangers are still the World Series champions. How many people take solace in that? Are you like, yeah, that's great, but we still should have won yesterday? I am. The Rangers are the world champions. Okay. But you understand that I have, I have, my Cowboys fandom has gone way down over the last three to four years. And way down, really. I, I know the marker of it. When you lost at home to San Francisco, I just felt like this is just not going to change, and it never will. And they're a good team. The Cowboys are a good team. Uh, the Cowboys played solid yesterday, sloppy. Like, both teams played both teams sloppy. Were a bit, yeah. It was a good game. Like I told you in the break room before we were getting ready, I said, if you'd never watched football this year and you didn't really know the history of Philadelphia and Dallas last year, you'd say, Boy, that was a good game, but these can't be two of the best teams in the NFL, right? right? Like They make too many mistakes. They do too many silly things. You had a wide receiver almost knock out the running back on the last play for Philadelphia, and they fumbled. And then, uh, obviously, the Cowboys, you get all the way down the field, and you don't even complete a pass for the most part, and you're here at the six-yard line. I know you did near the end there. And then they just backed themselves up almost out of field goal range for the last play of the game. Like It was one of those games where you go, entertaining game. And we know that those are two good teams, two teams that will make the playoffs. But if you just watch that game not knowing, you'd say entertaining game, but that felt more like a Bears versus Colts game or something. Yeah, and that's so – the early feedback I'm seeing is kind of shocking to me is baseball, 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 and then I see – I like to watch football more than baseball, so I'm going with that. And then you immediately get that countered with from the 4-6-9, I'm willing to sacrifice this football season for that Rangers World Series. Is I have to admit, I'm a little surprised because I thought everyone would be like, it was awesome. Wednesday night was the best. Thursday, still the best. Right. Friday, maybe even more the best. And then I had Saturday to come down, and then everything shifted to Cowboys-Philly week. And the fact that the game was so competitive, 
Like if 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 right. if the Cowboys would have got run the same way they did against the 49ers, right. then I understand how people would be like, yeah, let's just talk more about the parade and the Rangers and everything like that. But that is not the case. You had, you know, obviously inches away from a touchdown. You had inches away from the two-point conversion. You had the could-have-recovered fumble. You had the just brutal day from Terrence Steele, which felt like it set the team back very, very many times. This was a very entertaining and very close game. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on everything you said on that. The Cowboys had their opportunities. Yeah, they did. The Eagles aren't much better than the Cowboys. I, I do think they're better, but I, I think it's very close. In fact, I'll pick, as long as you're pretty healthy for the most part, I'll pick the Cowboys to beat the Eagles next time they play. I agree. In a very close game. And like I'll pick them like, 27-24, 27-26, something very close. And you better hope that you're the team that doesn't make the last mistake. Maybe, I don't know if it's the team that makes the best play because at the end, did anybody make any plays? It was just the game was won by the other team going, we don't want to win. Do you want to win? No, I don't want to win. Do you want to win? I think Gallup and, put up a hell of an effort there drawing the PI, right? Yeah, and so I just felt like in the end it was – the Cowboys had the last chance to say, hey, we really don't want to win this game. <laughs> from the 817, this person says they're an Astros fan, so they hope we talk more about Cowboys from the 940. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh-oh. From the 940, I'm still in on baseball, so much so that I forgot to set my fantasy football lineups and left Christian McCaffrey in on the bye week. That Look, I, that's understandable. I'm sure you kicked yourself for that, but that's understandable. And I... The question that Sean and RJ posed, I thought was a really good question, is I'm not saying that the Philadelphia Eagles are so much worse than the San Francisco 49ers. I'm not saying that at all. It's just you've seen the Cowboys and and Eagles match up multiple times, though I realize it changed with the quarterbacks, who could play, who who couldn't, and it feels very, very close. Last several times I've seen the Cowboys play the San Francisco 49ers, it didn't feel that close. It didn't feel like right. always a blowout, but it felt like you could look at those games and say, the 49ers are definitely better. I did not walk away from the game yesterday and say, the Eagles are definitely better. Despite the fact that they won, obviously they won, but I didn't walk away from that and be like, well, we can't beat the Eagles. I'm with you, and I don't want to ruin one of your upcoming segments. What were your thoughts on Dak Prescott? Okay. This is where I hope there can be some semblance of like a little bit of common ground, right? So what I've seen is people say, Dak's terrible, and this is what always happens with him, which I don't agree with that. And then I saw people were like, you don't know anything about football if you think this is Dak Prescott's fault in any shape or form, which I don't agree with that either, all right? I think you should be able to go, Man, Dak was really, really good yesterday. I think it's okay to say that. But there's a couple of plays that I wish could have been changed. And the one in particular that gets to me, and I'm not trying to set everyone off in the world. Like I said, Dak was really, really good yesterday. You know who was really, really not good yesterday? Terrence Steele. And you have to have that awareness. That sack he took on the the new final drive. I thought the other one was the final drive. But then you shut... Philly down, and obviously they had a punt and everything like that, is the sack that Dak took. I know the pressure got to him quickly. You have to know 
that your right tackle has been struggling all day. You have to know that the absolute last thing you can do is take a sack and try to throw the ball away. I realize that he was trying to spin out and still make a play that could have ended up scoring a touchdown and winning yeah. the game because we've seen that from Dak before. I hated that sack he took. That does not take Terrence Steele off the hook at all because right. he struggled, struggled, struggled. I thought Dak had a really, really good game, but I wanted a little bit more when it was all on the line. I hear what you're saying. I think that this is what makes him a good quarterback. Can he elevate himself to a great quarterback? My answer is no, but that doesn't mean I'm right. It just means that that's my opinion on Dak Prescott. Really good quarterback, man. He's He keeps you a lot of times in these games, but does he do what the special quarterbacks do in some of these situations? And usually the answer is no. So I'm with you on that. He's a good quarterback. I want to go back to the – not last drive, but the second to last drive, since a lot of people thought that was it. I actually told my I son. I million percent thought I that said, was hey, the last drive. If we can go three and out here, we'll get the ball back with a minute. And they actually did. The Cowboys defense did their job, almost got really lucky by, I think it was A.J. Brown in motion, who just laid the best hit of the day on any player in the NFL, his own player. Was that Swift <laughs> who fumbled? Yeah, I cannot believe that we didn't get that fumble either. Like, I'm not saying it's Micah's fault or anything, but you just know how good he is and how much he seeks out the yeah. person with the ball. Is When I saw him there, I was like, he's going to get it. So the last play there, that was to Tolbert, right? A little high pass to Tolbert. He was that pretty covered. Correct. Yes. So correct. I'm not going to blame Dak on that because then they show the replay of CeeDee Lamb's route. So CeeDee Lamb's your best receiver by far, and I'm sorry I'm not remembering down and distance, but it was fourth and long. I know it wasn't like fourth and three or fourth and five. I know that they needed to run, like, I can't remember, eight to 12-yard routes at least to get a first down. Why is he running like a soft, I'm going to call it like a, a fade or an S route almost, to the corner of the end zone, like, that route just didn't look like one of those where we're going to use your athletic ability, your skill, your cut, your maneuvering, and we are going to make CD the first option to try to win this game. They're like, make him the third option. So this isn't Dak at all, and I'm not a Mike McCarthy hater. Why are we making yes. in the biggest moments of the game, why are we Balance. making – why are we making C.D. Lamb the third option in a play? I, I don't get that. And maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe somebody who's way smarter than me, maybe Troy Aikman or somebody would come on or Brian Broaddus and say, Mike, he was the first option. They really wanted him to run a soft kind of route where you just kind of run and there's no cutting at all. No, We're not going to make any type of hard cut. We're not going to try to really get separation. We're just going to run kind of this soft S route, I'm calling it, and I know it wasn't an S to the corner of the end zone and, and try to fade the ball maybe uh, in between a safety and a cornerback. I'm just like, that doesn't make sense to me. Help me make sense of why do you have a, a star player and in key situations you're like, let's make him the third option. I, I understand every bit of your question. I don't think I can because I didn't – I wasn't always in line – with Olsen and Burkhart yesterday, but that was one part is I think balance is a good in theory concept, but when the game's in line, I don't give a crap about that. I, we asked Steven this last week when CeeDee Lamb had gone off the weekend before. Sometimes you just have to force the ball to your best player and trust yeah. that he'll figure it out. And the fact that your best player receiving option-wise yesterday was CeeDee Lamb followed by Jake Ferguson and the it felt like first option was to go 
to neither of those. That, yeah. I don't understand that either. So I understand your question. I don't have a good answer for it. So I just want to, this came in two minutes ago from Quan Champo on the Twitch. I hear you. Um, I just want you to maybe re-explain for a second, just because I, it, this is such a tough job when you're like, because I, I heard you. Yeah. You're not blaming Dak for this game. Nope. But this person says people act like they just didn't watch the game just to blame Dak. It has been a few games where you could blame him. This ain't one of them. And I don't know if he's speaking directly to you. I'm not going through all the Twitch. where, right. he, But he's not responding to somebody. I just want you, since you had a little bit of criticism for Dak. Yes. Not a lot. I said he played a good game. By no, I said he played very, very well. By no stretch of the imagination... Do I think this loss is on Dak Prescott? Like, if you're putting together my hierarchy of loss, I feel like Terrence Steele would be up there. I feel like Mike McCarthy would be up there. I actually feel like the defense would be up there to a certain extent. I'm not trying to drive people crazy about that. I think that you can put the refs in the mix there, though I know usually we don't like to go that direction. But you can have a great game and still say, I wish you would have done better on these two plays. I don't think that is a crazy point of view. Is like, I, you sure do wish that Dak would have turned his his right foot to the instep of the left side a little bit more. I went and to the bathroom. Did you miss that? I watched him run it in yeah. the end zone, and then I went to the bathroom, and I got back. I didn't even look at the score. Yeah. And then, I don't know, 30 seconds to a minute later, my brain is like, hey, these dummies at Fox don't know how to put two points on the board. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, crap. What happened? Like, they do have the score, right? Because I thought it was such, in a way, I know he was busting his butt there, but an easy dive to the end zone. And I get it. He barely stepped out of bounds. He didn't mean to, but he accidentally did. But those are the things that win and lose games. We just saw the Rangers. We can go through 20 different plays in their run to win the World oh, yeah. Series. When you do stuff like that, it causes you to lose. Whether you're not meaning to lose or trying to lose, but to your point, you got to keep your foot in bounds there. You have to do these certain little things. And I know that's a big thing, stepping out of bounds, but those are things that win and lose games against good teams. And in a weird way, the Cowboys find a way to lose these games. And from the 4-3-2, terrible play call script to start the game, three and out. I could not conceivably agree with that more. I did not understand that at all. We will get more to that. I hated that the first three play calls, hated, hated, hated. So all I was saying is, wish he would have turned his foot, instepped it to the left a little bit more, and I wish he would have known my right tackle. And I'm sure he did know this, but I, I, I wish he would have been able to get rid of the ball instead of taking the sack in, in a game where Terrence Steele was just getting toasted all day long. And look, and I, I know what people look back at the schoonmaker, touchdown, no touchdown, and they're like, throw it into the end zone. Well, one of the arguments you're going to make there is, was he already essentially getting tackled before the ball even got to him? Like, for people who are upset about the refs, I think that is a very valid concern. That play, not their finest hour, and that could have been the difference. Because, you know, the broadcast crew said it multiple times. You get that two-point conversion, do you end up kicking a field right. goal right there and tying the game? Right. And if that's the case, do the Eagles still run their same order of operations on plays and the Cowboys get the ball back again and double field goal it up? I don't know that for sure. If the touchdown ends up ends up counting, do you go home with a victory? There are a lot of things that it was really, yeah. really close. And maybe Dak thought we were on the 19 or 20-yard line the last play of the game, and he's like, look, we're not good in the red zone. It's official. 
let's make sure we're out of it. We're like, no, we were already out of the red zone by two yards. We didn't need to back up five more. But he was just making sure we were not Come close on, to the Mike, red zone. We were zone. so close to this segment now, ending well. I know. Somebody's going to clip that and then take it as a serious comment. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, Corey's not here right now. Oh, geez. But this is from the mind of Corey. And I bet it's going to lead to a lot of different answers. Why are you mad at the Cowboys? 877-881-1053. Feels like there's plenty of options. We'll get to it next right here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Okay, from the 27, Prescott back in the pocket forever. Deep, he's going to the end zone. Lamb at the three, but he's going to be tackled short of the end zone, and the game's going to end. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan, 877-881-1053 if you want to get involved in the conversation. Corey asked this, or I guess he tweeted it out last night. He is not feeling well today. We'll see. Maybe he'll be back tomorrow, but perhaps it'll take another day or so. He ate too much crow, I guess. (laughs) God, Mike, you know what? You need to be Crow careful. would make you throw up. You need to be careful about that, though, because I'm going to bring you some Derek Lively stat lines, right? I'm very happy. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> All right, good, good, good. So, but his tweet was, why are you mad at the Cowboys? And I've already seen some people text in and say, I'm not mad at the Cowboys. They lost a game on the road that they were underdog to a team that just might be a little better than them. And I totally understand that. We've talked about this many times, Mike. This is just my opinion is I think so much the anger that you get with the Cowboys, it's not about a game. Yeah. It's also about I have to factor in the last 28 years or the last the last however long you've been a Cowboys fan. And those feel impossible to separate for some people. And sometimes I'm one of those people as well. I hear you. I understand. I'll tell you why I'm not mad about yesterday but in general, very frustrated with the Cowboys organization. This might not be, I'm going to be honest here, this might not be fair. Starting this conversation off by, this might not be fair, but to multiple people, by the way, I look at the Texas Rangers, and I look at what just happened, and they won a championship, an unexpected championship. Well, what are the main reasons why? Well, they had lost for six straight years, yep. and they said, I don't care, John Daniels, that you've maybe done this or maybe signed that guy or maybe this is going in this direction. You've had your opportunity. You've had your chance to turn this organization around. We are going to go in a whole other direction. It was very surprising to John Daniels. I mean, that was not expected. Yeah. 
by him. But that major change in the organization, and then Chris Young, who I think is a genius, who is going to sacrifice a lot of his family time, uh, he doesn't need the money. Money is not an issue for Chris Young. He's like, I'm going to sacrifice my time, and I'm going to give everything that I have. I'm not saying he's not a family man, but I'm going to give everything that I have to the Texas Rangers, and I have to hire the right people. I have to hire people that really have a presence about them and are going to change the ways of this organization. And that is very inspiring. The reason that I'm so fr- – I know that Jerry's not going to change. Jerry's not bad. Jerry's the greatest owner in the history of sports. There's no greater owner in the history of sports than Jerry Jones when it comes to owning a franchise, making Helping money, all of those things. Yeah. Now when it comes to the football side of it, it's the same football side ever since Jimmy Johnson left. A few things have changed. Will McClay was a great hire. He pretty much is the general manager, but still he doesn't – Will's not able to really change the organizational philosophies here. And so because of that, because I know it's always going to stay the same, if John Daniels was here, nothing against John. This might be unfair. The Rangers probably wouldn't have made the playoffs because you don't have Bruce Bochy. You don't have Mike Maddox. You do not have the philosophical change that you really had in the organization. Chris Young is helping, but he can't really do everything. And Chris Young didn't even want John Daniels gone, but Ray Davis made a very smart decision and said, I have to change the whole culture of this thing. This has to be now some other face some other voice leading this thing if this is really going to change. And I just know that the Cowboys, nothing against Jerry here as a person. It's not going to change. He is who he is. He has his philosophies. He has his beliefs. He believes an organization should be ran the way it's been ran ever since he got rid of Jimmy Johnson, and Jimmy Johnson didn't want to be here. And it's going to be the same. So that is, that's not fair. It's not about yesterday's game for me. It's about I know what the Cowboys are always going to be. At best, they're going to be a good playoff team who underachieves in the playoffs. And it is tough to argue that about that because I don't have a counter-argument where I can go, what about this season, this season, this, without going generationally back. From the 817, I'm mad about Terrence Steele. He played like, I'm going to change it to not well because there's a lot of curse words in there. But the point is, Very, very poorly. And I think what's really caught up for some people, and we've talked about this numerous times, I like Terrence Steele. Like, yesterday notwithstanding, that was not good. I liked Terrence Steele. When they gave him an extension, even I was stunned at the money that they gave Terrence Steele, especially coming off the injury. So I think some people are upset about that as well as giving another huge contract extension to someone coming off an injury and not seeing any like monetary gain from that from these 682 I'm mad because Mike McCarthy has had his opportunity respectfully and here's the way here's the way I think the Cowboys are going to tell it to you I believe last 3 years let's include this year they're going to finish 11 and 6, 10 and 7, something like that. And they're going to make the playoffs. That is my opinion. So they're going to look at the last three years of Mike McCarthy and they're going to be like, you went 12 and 5, 12 and 5, 10 and 7, or 11 and 6, and you made the playoffs three straight times. Why in the world would you change that? I don't agree with that, to your point. I'm just telling you 
the way it's been explained to us by many people, both on and off the record, and I think that is a fair reason to be upset, is the Rangers did it for a more obvious reason. Hey, we stink. Right. We've stunk for a while. And the Cowboys, what I think people get upset about is, hey, we're good. That's good enough. And there are millions of Cowboys fans who go crazy, and they're yeah. like, no, it's not. No, it's not. I think to your point, now trying to be specific about yesterday, why you're probably mad as a Cowboys fan, is you want everything to be clean. If you lose, you just have to say they beat us. They are a better team. They have more talent, whether they drafted a little bit better than you, they signed a couple of free agents that were better than you. Totally get it. But it feels like the Cowboys lose to San Francisco in the playoffs, lose these big games in the regular season to teams that are supposedly a little bit better because you shoot yourself, and I'd love to say just in the foot, but it feels like more in the private area yep. that you shoot yourself in these games. And it and doesn't, Alec was ready with that dump button. I appreciate it. It doesn't seem like the Cowboys really care to change that, if that makes sense. They don't. We've no, tried. No, it doesn't seem. They don't. Right. You could say it's Mike McCarthy. Well, then before it was Jason Garrett. Before that, it was an offensive coordinator. I'm forgetting the dude from Detroit. Before that, it was a defensive coordinator. Before that, it was, I don't know, Dave Campo. Before that, it was like it's always been somebody, Wade Phillips. But do you understand that no matter – how good you are at general managing, and Jerry's decent at it. If you really won't hire the best of the best, if you will not, if you're not willing to hire a Bruce Bochy who says, lineup is the same tomorrow as it was tonight. There was no discussion with Chris Young. There was no discussion with the analytic department. Bruce Bochy had total and complete control on who was starting the game as a pitcher. Now, yes, he did talk to his coaches about it at times, but he's like, I'm the guy in charge. I make the lineup. I choose the pitcher. I do this and I do that. That's why I am hired. And there's not that same. I'm not saying everything's perfect with the Rangers, but when you win a championship, it surely feels like it. And then you're just like, I just wish that it would, but I know it's not. I I, I understand that it's not going to change. From the 214, we're asking why you are mad at the Cowboys. I have seen a few people like, I'm not mad at the Cowboys. And I saw another person who said they're not mad at the Cowboys because they're still riding high on the Rangers. From the 214, Dak takes too many sacks. Throw the ball away from the 817. Stop Terrence Steele. Now, they worded it a little different, that it was very clever, but I want to avoid saying that specific phrase because of all kinds of problems that it's going to cause me. But you are very, very clever, and I appreciate that. Mike McCarthy, what is up with the penalties? And that's that's a tough thing for a coach that I know goes both ways because Mike McCarthy's simple answer would be, yeah, well, I don't tell him to do those penalties. But on the flip side, when they're pre-snap penalties, yeah. I feel like, well, there's something there. Yeah. What are we doing in practice? And to your point, like I heard uh, the morning show, RJ Choppy go, they didn't teach that at Michigan? Well, a lot of times when you're – Scooney was great at Michigan, right? There's a reason he was considered a top three-round pick going in the draft and went in the second round. His talent far exceeds almost every person he played against in college football. So if you run your route one yard shorter than it should be, does it matter when you have a Michigan jersey on and the person trying to tackle you is Michigan State or Purdue or I get Ohio State's great. Maybe the game against Ohio State, it does matter if you run your route one yard shorter than you're supposed to. 
But in the NFL, it really matters because right now you're considered a below average talent in the NFL. So you got to be really smart. I'm not saying he's a below average talent for his whole career. I'm just saying that where he's at right now, things really need to be tight. That's why rookies can have mistakes because they're not used to playing people this good at their sport. Okay, let me ask you this then because that play in particular is a point of contention for a lot of people. Do you view it more on... Scooney, that you have to fight through the contact and make sure you're inside the end zone, or do you view that was that was a PI because he was almost being tackled before he got the ball? I'm seriously asking. Great question. The I hate doing this answer. My honest answer is I'm not 100% sure because I think I heard Broadus on the post-game show say that there was supposed to be some sort of pick. I think by Ferguson, I'm not 100% sure that might have got – There Given was a separation. In there it. is a yeah. little bit of – right, but that's execution. Yes, that is now, agreed. So that, does that mean do we totally blame Scooney? Do we blame somebody else? for? But that seems to be the Cowboys' way is we're not going to be – as tight as we need to be in these situations. We're going to have a little bit of confusion in the huddle. How do you have 40 seconds to snap a ball and you're like, let's just take a five-yard penalty yeah. and make it uh, from the 27 uh, with, you know, one play. Le- like That might have been the most infuriating play And I know I'm, I'm, I'm jumping to another play and, and maybe taking something off of that uh, play where you end up not scoring the touchdown where you thought you did once Scooney caught the ball and then on replay you're like, oh, crap. But I just feel like... There's these small things that will, it feels like to me, never be corrected with the Cowboys. And that's what will always keep them just a peg below. And sometimes we just blame the coach. And sometimes we just blame the quarterback. But ultimately, haven't we done that since 1994? Yeah. Or... At, the, at worst, 1995. Uh, yeah. From the 317, I'm furious at the team for not having the urgency to win. This one is interesting to me. I don't know if this is the same person or I've seen a couple of different people say this. From the 214, I'm mad because I think Dan Quinn gets a pass too much. I have seen some steam build up about this. I guess I've just been way more pleased with his job performance the last few years than maybe other folks but that doesn't mean it carries over to this year because the defense has had some struggles, man. Yeah. It really has. Now, I know Philly is an excellent team, but there were a couple times where the defense is frustrating as well. For sure. Uh, we thought going into this season, and especially after two weeks, that this team could have one of those Baltimore Ravens, uh, you know, early 2000s defense. They could have... Uh, maybe what you saw from the Rams when they won the Super Bowl, or if you want to go way back to the Bears defense or Doomsday defense of the 70s Cowboys, it's not that. It is a solid, good defense, but it's not a Super Bowl-changing defense. And so that's now you have to look at the offense and go, look, you do have a good defense. Your defense did do a good job in the fourth quarter. Now, did it do a good job the first three quarters? You could say no, it did not. It allowed 28 points uh, to that point. But I could look at that defense and say it's good enough if you have great coaches, great quarterback. I do think Dak has enough. Terrence Steele was pathetic yesterday. There's no way or shape around it. I'm with you. Pathetic, arguably the worst offensive tackle in the NFL, and I did not watch all whatever 12 (laughs) games. But I'm pretty sure we're going to have a tough time going back and watching the other, let's say, dozen games in the NFL and find somebody worse at offensive tackle than Terrence Steele was yesterday. And I do think the defense would get credit if – 
Not for the entirety of the game. It's what we're talking about with Dak. He was so good for uh, so much of the game. I wonder if the defense gets some credit if you go back and you're like, hey, the Cowboys won because the defense was able to shut the Eagles down in the fourth quarter. Like, ignoring the entirety of the game, a lot of times what you do in the fourth quarter ends up being the narrative of what happened in the entire game. The last thing I will say is this, being optimistic. The Cowboys can beat the Eagles. The Cowboys can beat the Eagles at home. The Cowboys can beat the Eagles in the playoffs. But then the question to you as a Cowboys fan is, do you believe the Cowboys will play well enough when it matters the most to really beat a team like the Eagles? We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next... How about some baseball nuggets with Mike Bashak? Rangers bring back two key pitchers, and I think they're about to bring in two Hall of Famers next. Oh. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan right now. It's time for some baseball nuggets with Mike Bashak. All right, I'm going to give a little bit of love here to the Diamond Factory because baseball nuggets are brought to you by the Diamond Factory. What a great choice to get a diamond at the Diamond Factory Man. and then to sponsor Time baseball nuggets when you know, you're the World Series champs. But here's our, my main baseball nuggets here. The Rangers immediately, because free agency, if you don't know this, and it makes no sense, free agency starts today at 4 p.m. Now, if this was foot- a lot of people don't know, if that. this was football free agency, you would know because eight guys have already signed by now. And we would know of another dozen guys signing in the next, let's say, eight to 10 hours. But that's not the way baseball works in basketball. When the button hits, Otani would sign today at 4 p.m. We yep. already know Otani signing with about now, and then it would become true at 4 p.m. today. That's not the way baseball works. Baseball is a very slow process when it comes to this. But the Rangers had their opportunity and took the opportunity to pick up LeClerc's $6 million team option. That looks like a steal of a deal. I would assume at How this much point. Again? Six. Six. One year, $6 million deal. They pick up that option. I believe that in the market, he would probably get a four-year. I'll go on the low end of $48 million, the high end of $60 million. So somewhere in that range would be my guess on what he would get in the open market. And he's only going to be your eighth inning guy. You know what I'm saying? That's what my dad thinks. You know. So is that where is that where you're teasing there? Now he did say that during the playoffs. He said, "I think Spur- Spores is the future oh, closer." Oh nope, I got somebody else. Oh. Keep going though. Oh, somebody else said that. I'm trying not to be a hater. Okay, you get uh, what I'm saying. Oh, I got you. I got <laughs> oh you. I got you. And then the Rangers. <laughs> Alex knew right away. The Rangers bring back Andrew Heaney. I think Andrew Heaney is so important to a 162 game season. He was very important in the playoffs too. But you understand, Heaney can start 25 games for you. He can be a really solid left-handed reliever in multiple roles for you. So in a 162-game season, you might look at Andrew Heaney and go, oh, well, he's a fourth or fifth starter. Yep. Yeah, you're right. I'm not going to argue with you on that. He might even be like a sixth starter. But he's a guy that you can use in so many different ways, and he has that funky left-handed motion a manager like Bruce Bochy, a pitching coach like Mike Maddox can get the most out of a guy like Andrew Heaney. So those two guys are coming back to the Rangers. I've had the question on, do I think that if Jordan Montgomery's coming back to the Texas Rangers, I've only heard a few rumors. I lean towards, I'm scared that he might not, not that he doesn't want to be a Texas Ranger, that his market might get to a point where maybe the Rangers 
make a decision on. So he did too good. He did too well. In a in a way, yes. Thank you for doing too good. So it might be a little bit of a Cliff Lee situation. Now, Cliff Lee was a Cy Young winner. I'm not trying to put Montgomery into that category. But why won't they just bring back Montgomery? Well, I do think two players are in major play here. One, I think Ranger fans are going to be 50-50 on, and that would be Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw just recently had shoulder surgery. I believe I need to confirm this. I believe it was here with Meister. I'm not 100% sure about that. But if you don't know who that is, Dr. Meister is the Rangers team doctor. He's considered one of the best arm doctors in the world. So second opinions, it used to be Dr. Andrews. He's a little bit older. I'm not saying he's not great at what he does, James Andrews. But it seems like Meister have maybe taken over as the number one guy to go get your arm examined and an opinion and for Meister to do the surgery. So that's how big he has become. Now, the reason I say that is, The Dodgers are in a situation where they're going to be competing for the Rangers on this next guy, but they might be moving on the way that the the Reds moved on from Joey Votto. Now, Joey Votto's last two years were bad. Clayton Kershaw last year had a 2.46 ERA in almost 150 innings and a 13-5 and record. He has something left if his shoulder recovers from this. He doesn't have a lot left. He doesn't have a lot of years left. But I do think there's a good chance. I'm going – this is all my opinion. I do not have Chris Young's opinion on this. Chris Young and Clayton Kershaw are pretty close. If you guys don't know this, they both went to Highland Park High School. They're not of the same class, I believe – I know that Chris Young is 98. I'm 99% sure he graduated in 1998 from uh, Highland Park. And I believe Kershaw was like 01 or 02. Yeah, I'll have to go check on that. I'm not So they're a little bit different in age, but they do know each other very well. And I do think there's a real possibility that Clayton Kershaw, who's hoping to come back in the summertime. I know that's not a very good. uh, June, July, and August is summer. That's a big window there, but the hope is is that this surgery, he's able to come back in the summertime for whatever team he signs with. I am going to go with he signs with the Texas Rangers Ooh, on a two-year okay. deal. Money is not going to be very big there, but just in case it takes longer for him to rehab than expected right now that you do have him in the 2025 season. The big one is Shohei Otani. The Rangers, according to John Heyman reports on Friday afternoon, the Rangers have now become the front runner to land Shohei Otani. So let's talk about that. Okay. Where did that information come from? I just saw it. Oh, okay. All right. I'm, <laughs> I'm not kidding about this. Right. So I went to the Dallas Card Show over the weekend. On Saturday, people were feverishly coming up to me and be like, did you just see where the favorite to get Otani? And I was like, oh my gosh, right. where did you see that? John Heyman. And then people were sending me the little blurb. I'm sure you saw it on social media. Where did that come from, though? Because here's the thing. On that day, on that yes, Friday. Yes. I can't. November 3rd or 4th. I can't or, find or, the source. I think that would have been the 3rd. Thank you. I can't find the source information for that. I can't find the audio. I can't, I can't find a story. I saw it shared on social media 50 million times. I'm sure like you got it Maybe we're on a local radio show, but then you'd think we'd have the a cut audio of it. somewhere. And that's the thing. I could not find the or the origin of that. What I think is the origin of it is the Rangers are 
one of the favorites. Or if the Rangers win the World Series, they'll be one of the favorites. It it would be weird a week later. This is an article from the New York Post on October 26. So the Rangers are not the world champions of the world on October 26. They are in the World Series. MLB Network insider John Heyman named the Dodgers, the Rangers, and the Giants as the three favorites for Otani, followed by about six or seven other teams. Now, that's awesome. But then all of a sudden on Friday afternoon, it gets posted that the Rangers are now in front of the Dodgers and the Giants. And almost the way that I saw it, uh, and I think it was through Sean Sharif's Twitter, not that Sean Sharif posted this, he just retweeted something, is that Otani wants to be a Texas Ranger as long as the Texas Rangers want him. Now the Rangers have to offer the most money. I do think the Rangers are going to offer a very strong offer will it be more than the Dodgers and Giants I don't know but I do think it's going to be in that in that category I do think the Rangers are willing to give him half a billion dollars I do think the Rangers are willing to offer him 500 million dollars that being said Otani has to say yes to the Rangers the Rangers are the world champs the Rangers want him here that he will not pitch in 2024 but I do think the Rangers, I've been teasing it all last week after yes. they won it, but I really feel like I know this. I do know this. The Rangers were not going to be outbid by the Dodgers, by the Giants, by whoever in baseball. They were going to offer the most prospects to get Otani for this run. He never became available, so there was never a real discussion on what they were going to offer because they traded for the White Sox players that did not help them at all. So if the Rangers were willing to trade the most prospects of any organization in baseball to get Otani for the August, September, and October run, why wouldn't they now just offer the money? Because if they're going to do that, they were still going to offer the money too. They weren't going to trade all of those prospects and then go, well, we're definitely not offering $500 million. So I think they are going to offer $500 million for Shohei Otani, and they are going to see if that is enough and if possibly – uh, they will take it. The prediction from Je- from Jim Bowden, real quick, is ten years, four hundred seventy-seven million, with incentives to get it above five hundred million. Is the contract that he will get? And I just want to throw this out there because I saw some people they might have got what you were just saying a minute ago twisted up just okay. a little bit. The Rangers most certainly would not take Kershaw over Jordan Montgomery. Like, right? Not the, at all. So because Montgomery's like going to get thirty million, million a yeah. year or close to Montgomery's Montgomery's contract will be somewhere between four and six years somewhere in there his salary will be around 23 on a low end and i do think that's too low to 30 million and i do think 30 million might be a hair high so so jordan montgomery is not is not going hey we want kershaw over montgomery they're looking at offering shohei otani approximately 50 million a year they're looking at giving kershaw a two-year deal with maybe a third-year team or player option at around five to ten million dollars a year. So just to give you the idea, you can sign Kershaw for somewhat of a three-year, fifteen to thirty million dollar contract, or you can sign Montgomery to a five-year, one hundred fifty million dollar contract. Now that's a little high on maybe yeah. the the. Overall, but it's going to be around $100 million for Montgomery, give or take. Uh, maybe all the way up to 150 maybe as low as $90 million. But, I mean, that's – so I just want people to understand. It's not Montgomery is, is being, oh, we want Kershaw instead. Just think of those numbers. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 